Well, Chad Sayers, South Australian legend, former Aussie quick, is going to be part of the coverage tonight. He's on the line right now. Hey, Chaddy. How are you going? Good. What's the weather like in Adelaide at the moment? Beautiful day here. No, no wind, 28 degrees, so um, it's going to be a great night for cricket. Well, I know generally the night games, we've seen a trend in recent years, haven't we, to, to chase, but it wouldn't be a bad time to bat first either, would it, set a total? Yeah, I think um, obviously throughout the big bash, there were some big scores made batting first and second. So I think if you win the toss, um, they'd probably chase better at the Adelaide Oval. So I'm suspecting the winner of the toss to, to bat second. But um, it's going to be a beautiful wicket, as it always is. It's a high-scoring ground, and we're going to see some exciting cricket again. Well, exactly. And I look at that Australian batting lineup and how many are so powerful, including like your Mitch Marsh, are just square of the wicket. They'll feast on the feast on those short square boundaries that Adelaide has a reputation for, Chad. But, you know, it, it's funny, as is often the case, and with these sort of bilateral ODI and T20 series that are kind of tacked on the end of a long test summer, we, we do tend to forget about them, don't we? Sort of five seconds after they finish. But I enjoy them in the moment. I really like that game at Hobart the other night because what it does I mean it gives us firstly a snapshot into some of the talent that still exists in West Indies cricket but from an Australian perspective too it allows us I suppose to speculate how this team might look over the next 12 to 24 months so we look at that first team still running by and large with experiences you know your Stoinises and your Wades and your Hazelwoods and and these sorts of players but you know we, we've had a taste of of sort of generation next I'll be curious to see what the mix comes up or starts to look like in the next sort of one to two years. Your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. And I think being in a World Cup year, um, every game they play in this format's pretty crucial for a few players and, and for the team dynamics as well. So um, as you said, uh, the West Indies look like an exciting team in this format when they get all their players back. And we saw the, the opening partnership of um, Brandon King and Johnson Charles. They went off with a few fireworks in that first uh 10 overs so they're definitely an exciting team and, and one to watch um, in the next year year and a half and, and throughout the World Cup but yeah, I think the Aussie side's pretty settled at the moment I think as you said Stoinis has probably got to put his hand up a little bit more if he wants to cement his spot um, going into that World Cup so um, every game's vital for him and, and then the likes of Sean Abbott and, and Jason Berendorf who's growing in confidence every game he plays. I like Berendorf. He's a genuine new ball bowler, isn't he? You know, went to that 2019 ODI World Cup. He, he swings it. He's, it. We've got such amazing depth in the fast bowling stocks in this country. But in terms of the spinning stocks, though, Chad, I mean, the man that's represented South Australia with aplomb, I spoke to Barat Sundaracen yesterday. I called him the unofficial Prince of Adelaide. And he, he, he said something, Barat. He said, you know, if he continues this sort of form for not much longer, he reckons Adam Zampa could lay claim to be Australia's best white ball bowler. That, that's a hell of a statement considering the Warns and the McGraths of this world. But, you know, three for 26 when yeah. they're conceding as a team 10 and over. You know, he got that wicket of Dre Russ. He sort of just comes on, doesn't he? He's very unassuming the way he goes about his work, but he's just so consistent, Adam Zampa. We saw that in the World Cup too. Yeah, I think that's the key is the consistency he bowls with. Um, he just attacks his stumps. He doesn't try and turn too many balls. Uh, he bowls a Nice, quicker pace for a spinner, and, and he's got a great rungan as well. So um, when you're trying to play cross-bat shots, um, when it's uh, going at the stumps, it's, it's quite difficult, and especially on um, wickets that are a bit up and down overseas. Um, he just comes into the game, and he's done it for a, for a number of years now, and that's probably why um, Barat thinks he's going to be one of the best. He 
he wins some games of cricket, he gets them back into games of cricket. So, um, no, he's definitely been outstanding since he's been in the Australian side. He has, hasn't he? You know, it's it's funny. This is the new generation now. You know, forget the hairy-chested shirt unbuttoned to the navel. You know, he, he bowls with the sunnies. He's got the earrings. He's a vegan. He's a clean-living guy. He's pushing for sort of non-leather cricket balls. But uh, he's still, in many respects, quintessentially Australian. Uh, old Zamps, we love him. Um, David Warner. Pretty remarkable, isn't it, Chad? So the first Australian to play 100 tests, 100 ODIs and 100 T20 internationals. Funnily enough, his 100 test match, player of the match, 100th ODI, player of the match, 100th T20 the other night, player of the match. He's sort of guy that, that is adamant that he goes out on his own terms. But I want to get your thoughts on this. We know how he entered the test fray. He'd played T20 for Australia before he'd even played first-class cricket. But he had that rock-solid defence. We thought this guy can transfer those skills to the five-day version of the game. Jake Fraser-McGurk, everyone is waxing lyrical about the eye on this kid and how beautifully he hits the ball. From what you've seen of Jake, you know, he, could he follow a similar career trajectory to David Warner? Yeah, 100%. As you said, the talent is definitely there. Um, I've watched him a few Shield games this year already and it looks like he's already learning how to adapt to that game as well. I mean, he was getting caught at deep point in the first couple of Shield games, which coaches and, and people watching probably don't like. But the way he takes the game on, he moves the game forward. And that game against Victoria, when he did get 100, he, yeah. he just, I think, just switched the, through the gears um, as you can in, in, in Shield cricket in the longer format. And I guess the more time he does play Sheffield Shield cricket, he's going to learn how to adapt to different conditions and different situations. But when he's seen the ball like he does, he's, he's a great player to watch and he's going to bring fans through the gates for a number of years to come. Yeah, I agree. I think players with an abundance of talent like that, you've got to find a way just to, to incorporate them into their national setup. You know, be it a sprinkling of ODIs, a sprinkling of T20s and just see, because sometimes they benefit, even though it's not red ball cricket, just benefit from being in that more high pressure environment. Yeah, 100%. And, when you're around a group like that with so many talented cricketers and experienced cricketers, um, you're just going to learn so much and take so much in. And it is, it is an eye-opener. Um, so for him, he's, he's going to learn a lot from just being around those blokes. But it's an amazing story for him to come back this year like he has and now to be playing for Australia and, and making runs and hitting big sixes for Australia. Um, it's exciting for Australian yes. cricket. And hopefully you can stay in that side for a, for a few more years to oh. come and, and play in the World Cup. Yeah, he, he is box office. He is really box office. You know, I reckon the Hurricanes fans the other night, Chad, look at that partnership between Wade and David and thinking, you know, where, where was that for the Hurricanes this season who sort of, you know, <laughs> di didn't quite live. And Tim David is a you know, world-class finisher, as you know. But just on that, you know, we saw Matt Short in the ODIs and, and Jake, as you mentioned. It looks like they're adamant, the selectors, that they're going to open with, with Josh Inglis. As a man such as yourself, he's watched Matt Short so closely and dominate the past few years in T20 cricket. Where, where do you reckon his best position is, Matty Short? And, and can he figure for Australia in the next few years? Well, I think his best position in that format is definitely at the top of the order. But um, I think we see now that the blokes who are in good form in the big bash are the blokes who, who bat in the top three. And you can only have two or three players up there, can't you? So they're all not going to fit. So I think he's just going to have to adapt to batting in that five, six or seven um, position. I think he can. He's a skillful player and hits, hits um, proper cricket shots. So I think he'll adapt well to, to playing that position. Um, 
and he's a great fielder and he can give you some overs with the ball as well. So, um, yeah, I think they'll be looking at him for the future uh, over the next few years. You sound old when you say that, Chad. Proper cricket shots. <laughs> you know, like, why they try to ramp that? That was in the slot to drive through the covers, for example. Now, listen, I know you're a, a genuine swing bowler. It must have tickled you a bit when Michael Neeser got in that test squad. It's about time we got recognised when he got picked in that squad for New Zealand. Yeah, he's been a, an outstanding bowler for Queensland for, for 10 years now. And unfortunately, um, like a few players over the last 10 years, um, the Australian bowling lineups just too good at the moment. And while they're still playing, um, then it's going to be hard to break break in that side. Whoever's performing in Shield cricket, so um, but it's great to see him back in there. Uh, I mean, he's a good team man. He's a good bloke, and he'll just be good around this around the team. And if he does get a chance, he'll be ready to go. Yeah, no, he's reward as Andrew McDonald said, reward just for consistency of performance in the past few years, and. And I'm glad to see it. Um, just quickly before we let you go, speaking of swing bowlers, uh, the third test between India and England, uh, it's nice to see some of the quicks dominating rather than the spinners on those on those turning decks over there in the subcontinent. But, I mean, what about that? Did you see the highlights, Chad, of that spell from Boomerah in that second test? And in particular, that, that seed that he bowled to Ollie Pope. Like, that's one of those things that you just watch and replay time and time again. Yeah, he's an outstanding bowler, isn't he? He's a different bowler with his action, but... Um, he just waddles in and, and lets him go at 140, 145. And <laughs> when he gets the ball reverse swinging um, like he has been in those couple of games, it's nearly impossible to play. Um, as you said, that ball to Ollie Pope was outstanding. He got Ben Stokes with a pretty good one yeah, in the first test as well. So nah, he's, he's a bowler that I like to sit down and watch. Um, and yeah, it's going to be another great series over in India. Um, they do it differently, but it's a challenge for the the opposition players, but you've got to find a way. And I think England are, are playing pretty well. They play their positive brand of cricket and, and it seems to be working. It does indeed, Chad. Always good to catch up, mate. And uh, we'll be tuning in for the call tonight, the second T20 International between Australia and the West Indies live across the SEN network. Thank you, my friend. Go well. So easy. Thanks for having me. There he is. Chad Sayers, a former South Australian and Australian genuine swing bowler too. Beautiful. Stump to stump, if you don't mind.